Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Let's hang out. Hey everyone, welcome back to Let's Hang Out, the podcast that's wicked queer. <laughs> Although, as the West Coast lesbian now, I feel like I should be saying it's hella queer, but no, it's... I'm going... No, I'm staying Lee, you're, true an, to East my Coast, roots. you're an East Coast lesbian at heart. Yeah, Let's but you be can't real. say wicked out here. It's It doesn't work, so... I know. I'll, I'll say I gotta pull out I my can. Boston accent, dude. <laughs> it's wicked do queer. From uh, the West Coast. <laughs> I can do it because I'm from Boston, okay? Yes, you should. You've got, you've got, like, the authentic. I'd be faking it anyways. Yeah, yeah. From the West Coast, I'm Lee Holmes Foster. And from the East Coast, I'm Ellie Brigida. To those of you who've been with us through this whole journey, thank you as always for listening. And if you're a new listener, welcome. We're excited to have you here. Here's what's happening this week. This week in the Lesdom. This week in the Lesdom is somewhere that we can touch base every week about things going on in our lives, going on with the podcast, or just going on in the greater Les universe. So, so let's start with some of our upcoming events and trivia nights, because we've got a bunch of fun stuff planned we have starting with our famous couples party that's going to be on february 21st right after valentine's day at bella luna in boston and we also have a winona herb trivia night coming up in boston on february 22nd we have a lot of people signing up we have people signing up as single players who are looking for teams. So even if you're by yourself, come hang out, meet some new Erpers. We would love to help connect you. It's also only on season one. So even if you're new to the show, you still have time. You could binge that whole first season and be ready to go for trivia. Oh, yeah. We're also hiring trivia hosts in other cities. So email us at leshangoutpod at gmail.com if you're interested in hosting one. We also are super pumped about the live shows that we have coming up this year. Our first one is going to be on Thursday, March 12th. LA, we are coming to you. I am so we excited. are so excited. I've been dancing gonna... this whole time, just so you all know. <laughs> <laughs> she has been, I can confirm. We are going to be at the Virgil at 7 p.m. March 12th. Buy your tickets early. They are $15 at presale. They will be $20 at the door. And we are super excited to announce our first guest that we are going to have. We'll be dropping names as we go, uh, just to get you all a little bit more excited. But we are thrilled to announce this week that Ashley Perez is going to be joining us. You don't want to miss it. We're excited. You're excited. We're going to see you all there. I am so excited. And if you want an easy way to get your tickets, you can go to bit.ly slash lesla, and that's easy. where your tickets will be to come so to easy. the best night of your LA lesbian lives. <laughs> we also have our Toronto show coming up. I know it is much further in the future, but you need to plan for it. Friday, July 10th at Burdock Music Hall in Toronto starts at 6.30. And you do want to plan for it because they are $16 for tickets only until this Friday. And then after, better get them. they're going up to 20 bucks. So you better get your tickets. Karen Knox and Gwen Cummins are going to be our guests. You know it is going to be an absolute riot. So make sure you get your tickets at bit.ly slash Les Toronto. 
and we're going to have a blast. There you go. In the greater Les universe, there's also been a lot of stuff going on right now. So the first one, we are going to not dive into any controversy about the ballroom world or any of that. But we do feel like we should mention that Jamila Jamil came out as queer recently, somewhat under duress, I think. But, you know, it, we still think it's really important when you have women of color coming out uh, and sharing their queer identities with the world. I know that that's still a really big deal. And I know that for a lot of our listeners, that's really important. So we just wanted to call that out and say, welcome, Jamila. We're, we're happy to have you. Oh, we're so happy to have you. And you know who else we've been happy to have for a very long time, <laughs> but she made us even more happy this week? Kate McKinnon. With, Always makes us happy. Uh, a lesbian Frozen sketch. And I like to say, Kate, are you listening to the show? Uh, did you? She's like, oh, I got a, I got this sketch idea from this podcast that I listen to every day on my commute to the city. We'll, we'll take just a shout out. We don't even need royalties or anything. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. But she did a sketch where, you know, Elsa was super gay and we're all for it because Elsa is gay. Super gay. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what's happening this week. Back to you, Ellie and Lee. Thanks, Ellie and Lee. We are so excited to be bringing you episode 10 of season three, Wicked Queer with Beza Borchak and Kimia Montero from the Wicked Queer Film Festival in Boston. Thank you so much for joining us, Beza and Kimia. Thank oh, you no for problem. having us. Thank you so much for having us. I'm going to give you all, all of our listeners, a quick overview of who Beza and Kimya are. Beza joined Wicked Queer two years ago as a communications manager and festival programmer. She curated her first shorts program, the Queer Muslim Shorts, which saw big attention from the festival audience. And Kimya's diving into their fifth consecutive year as a member of Wicked Queer. They also just took on the position of associate director for the Melanin Pride Film Festival, which is held in October annually. Quite the resume for these two. So we are so excited to have yeah, you here. Thank you so much. <laughs> so can you both, you can decide who or one at a time, tell us a little bit more about Wicked Queer. Wicked Queer is a um, all-volunteer-run uh, film festival, which is going to be celebrating its 36th year uh, in 2020. So it's one of the oldest film uh, queer film festival in the country and in East Coast. Um, and it has a very lovely, diverse um, programming team that uh, <laughs> includes Kimya. I know we can't, <laughs> you can't see Kimya uh, in our audience, but they're doing a beautiful dance <laughs> for diversity. Yes. Dance for diversity, everyone. <laughs> um, and we gather every year around July or August and start getting submissions, and then we watch films. I was going to ask you, how do you decide? That must be a lot, a lot of media to watch. For me, it's been kind of like a process. Like, I was really, I think, a little nice the first year, and I remember my executive director being like, girl. <laughs> like, and I was like, not a girl, but like, <laughs> um, he's like, you need to like really tighten the rope. So he was like, I give it about 10 seconds each. I was like, 10 seconds. Like, I feel like I was like, almost like crushing people's dreams, you know, like, even though like it didn't turn out that great, like they probably spent like years yeah. on these films. I felt like really heartbreaking. You start to get a little bit yeah. <laughs> more cutthroat in your selections. What you're both saying is you do all the hard work so that you bring us <laughs> the best things at the film yeah. festival. Yeah, yep. we and all the all the others in the team, because it, it takes months for us to go through all the submissions 
we just like do the last call around January, February, usually when we decide on like, we gather in a meeting and just like clash ideas and all these like different charts and um, schedules and everything to pick things and put them all up together. It's a lot of work, but it takes a village. How many volunteers are working with Wicked Queer right now? I think in the in the immediate team, we have about 10, 15 folks. I mean, it's a lot of people, but it's not really that much for the amount of stuff you are watching. Jeez. Yeah, everyone watches a lot of things. And then we gather maybe like once a month. Um, and then in January, we start gathering like twice a month or maybe more to yeah to go through things actually we really start meeting on like almost like a bi-monthly basis starting as early as july it's about like an eight month long process to put together the film festival every year so you really have to like everyone on your team right (laughs) for all of that (laughs) no you're like no comment but no family we have our things (laughs) i mean for a for a volunteer position that is that's a lot a lot of work because i've attended wicked queer events i obviously am a curator of queer media as well love to watch a good queer film and it's very very well put together as a consumer of what you do i want to say thank you as volunteers because i know that that is a shit ton of work to put together the stuff that is very important for our community, just as a thank you. I'm curious on that note, can you tell us a little bit, both of you, about how you got involved? How did you find Wicked Queer? How did you start volunteering or or get to where you are now with the organization? I'll start off. So actually, our previous executive director, James Nadeau, it was his... So I was uh, like a full-time bartender at this time, and his ex-partner, like, he came in, got his, like, meniscus pour martini like clockwork at six o'clock every night and we got to know each other and one day he was like i want you to meet my partner and i was like yeah i was like i don't really know if i'm into that type of party like today but um (laughs) he was like no like he you guys should just meet and honestly that's how i was brought into the film festival five years ago i didn't know that Cool. I'm just learning. You don't know anything about me, baby. You must make a really... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You must make a really good martini, Kimya. They're really good. I do. (laughs) Um, For me, I... So I'm originally from Istanbul, Turkey, and I was here as an exchange student for like a year in 2011. And Queer Film Festival was the first thing that I looked when I came to Boston. And I attended as like a... Back then it was... Boston LGBT Film Festival and I attended as an audience and then I went back home and then came back for here like moving for good and Wicked Queer was my first project (laughs) to just be part of. I love films and everything and I always wanted to be part of a film festival and I didn't think that it was going to be this easy but they were super Easy. I came as like a volunteer just thinking that I would be ushering people. And then I found myself as like communications person (laughs) the next day. Um, (laughs) But like, that's all because I think the the team is really welcoming and kind of trust people and their, you know, um, interest and kind of like really encouraging as well. Um, so yeah. I have a question. Kimya, were you a part of Wicked Queer when it changed from Boston LGBT Film Festival? 100%. Were you a part of that conversation? I'm just curious. Yeah, I'm just curious. Like what, what was the decision to change it? How did it come about? 
Um, so actually it, it changed like going into my second year. Um, I was very vocal about that LGBT film festival being a very like stagnant title. I thought it was very dated. I thought honestly, the film festival in general is very dated. And I wouldn't say like I was the main reason that it switched over to Wicked Queer, but I was very vocal and very behind um, that argument of, I thought queer for me, that was the first term that really made any sense for me, kind of like coming into this community. And I thought it was just the most inclusive term that we could use as far as an LGBTQ film festival. Yeah, I mean, I think the name now is definitely feels more umbrella for sure. And very, so very yeah, I was just curious. <laughs> yes. I didn't, I didn't vote for the wicked part, it was just the queer part. But as you can tell, like I don't have an accent even though I was born and raised here. But, Where are you from? I'm from here. What part? Uh, Plymouth, Cape Cod. Okay, nice. Yeah. I, I'm from Dorchester, oh, like born okay. and raised. So <laughs> Good old dot. <laughs> yes. I just, I'm always about, like, when people are like, I'm from Boston. And then I'm like, are you really, though? So. <laughs> yeah, for the name, um, although it is really inclusive and I love the name, like, both Wicked and Queer part, we have some also, like, people coming up um, in last film festival, I had this lady coming up to me and she was like really sad about the name change and she didn't like queer. Yeah, it's there's definitely a generational aspect to it, I think. I, I love the name, uh, but we also get some like, why did it change and blah, blah. Well, we and we get that as well, honestly. I mean, we, we you know have certainly gotten you, you feedback. You can't please everybody. You can't. And I, I think it is something that, um, yeah. especially for kind of like our generation and, and younger, I think queer is a very inclusive umbrella term. Um, but it's certainly something that we know, you know, I, I feel like generationally, I think a lot of uh, of older, yeah. older queer folks don't, uh, don't yeah. really... That was yep, appreciate that, was the that label as much. And, yeah. yeah, it had a much different connotation back in the day, and I totally understand that and respect that. Yeah. yeah, but it's yeah, it's more about reclaiming it. Even like we, if I post something on Facebook, like on our social media that says queer, even oh. like Facebook's guidelines won't let me like promote it because they think they're it's like, derogatory. oh, you can't. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. It, yeah, it's a derogatory term. Like, still in it's it's tricky. But I agree. I, I like it more, like, in terms of identity. Right. But it's like, you know, but you think about it, it's like 30 years ago when that term was derogatory, there wasn't a film festival. So, like, just think about the progress. Right. For me, you know, I'm just like, Ugh. Yes. Like, well, uh, <laughs> while we're saying that, so, yes. Beza, I loved you saying that when you came mm-hmm. as an exchange student, the first thing you did was look up Queer Film Festival. Why was that? And what is it about queer film festivals that felt so, like, so important to you? In Istanbul, I also, I'm a big festival goer. Like, I love films and used to go film festivals. And that's something, like, an LGBTQ film festival or queer film festival is something that I didn't have back home. And when I came here, I think both because it's a film festival and I was hoping to have some you know queer content (laughs) in on the big screen so that was the first thing and it really is like finding other people who's like crazy about movies as much as I do is also something that like you know creating that having that community I think that's why I like that was the first thing that I looked. Beza is also like the gayest person in the world and like the (laughs) best like the best way though like she makes Elton John look straight it's crazy. (laughs) 
She is like oh gay God. as thing. I love it. Beza's going to put that on her website. Like, yeah. I make Elton John. I quote you. Straight. Yeah, I think that's yeah. that goes on your business cards. Are you the same way, Kimya? Are you like, do you like bleed queer? I mean, I mean, like, look at me. <laughs> like, I think recently I really not just like talk to talk but walk to walk and just like feeling a comfort of just like not fitting in really anywhere. I really have like embraced my queerness, I think in the past, like probably like five or six years or so, like fully. And just like, not just wanting to like stand out, but like really like getting behind it politically. I don't know. I mean, like I make it pretty clear. Yeah. If they, if they can't, if, if you don't know now, you know. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, it takes like a lot of like, you know, strength and personal growth to really stand behind it as much as like a lot of people do. Um, it's been a journey and I'm just continuing on that. Yeah, totally get that. So let's dig into the specific parts of the film festival that you are both very involved in. So Beza, you curated the Queer Muslim short series. What was the process like to bring that up to the team and start pushing that through? I think one of the things that like is important for us to be able to curate short films, like a program, is if we get the content for it. So last year, one of the when we were going through the um, submissions, one of the recurring, recurring theme was a lot of queer Muslim stories from the Middle East or from U.S. And as a queer Muslim person myself, I was really excited to see all those stories on different storytelling versions of like identity in that struggle. And um, so I started putting them all like on the side as a list, uh, hoping that we would have enough material to choose from together because like if it's only three or five, you can't really curate something, but we had enough to choose from. And when I said to the team, it's like, oh, we are getting a lot of these kind of submissions and I want to curate something. They were super open to the idea. And I think that was probably how it all gathered. So from how many submissions did you sort of whittle it down? Over 10. Also, like one of the things that I was really kind of anxious about, we only had one lesbian story. It was a nice program and we had a lot of like great feedback. People were like asking, oh, is this going to happen again? People wanted to like show it to their friends. That program was a moneymaker for the whole film festival as well. It was one of the most sold out and attended program, which showed that people want diversity. People want to see different voices um, and see different stories on the big screen. You mentioned that you also were involved with film festivals back in Istanbul. Is is there a lot of like queer Muslim filmmaking going on uh, there as well? I mean, there's a big queer community in Turkey and especially in Istanbul. And for the past couple of years, there has been a queer film festival as well. But I wouldn't necessarily tell that the Muslim and queer identity is that much pressing in Turkey. But yeah, hmm. there, there are stories, there are um, different feature films that is happening that goes all, all around those identities or like living in a patriarchal society, um, especially. But these kind of stories, things that I haven't seen as much before, like I felt like, oh, really related to the stories that I showed on the screen, which was really good. That's awesome. Yeah, I was I was telling you before we recorded, but for <laughs> for everyone listening, I watched some of the videos. Um, they Beza sent us some screeners, and there was one in particular called Brothers that I was on the couch 
curled up in a ball, <laughs> bawling my eyes out. It was so beautiful. And it's all about, you know, family, uh, obviously, like a Muslim family, Muslim brothers, and the difference between the one heterosexual brother and how he's treated in the family, and then the gay brother um, and their relationship. And I found that watching the shorts, there was a, a pretty common thread of family and how those expectations affect queer Muslims, which I think a lot of people can also relate to. But I don't know if you could speak a little bit to just the experience of being a queer Muslim person and the, the family aspect, how that really ties in. I just want to, I just realized that I'm not using actually the le- word lesbian, but I, I really like favorably use the word lesbian when mm-hmm. I identify myself. And like, oh, so queer- do we. <laughs> <laughs> surprise yeah I did this like lesbians united poster for this pride with like lesbian on it in 40 different languages so (laughs) I identify as queer as well so I use them interchangeably but I think in Middle Eastern or like that side of the world or like Muslim culture family is really important I think queer identity is really hard to handle. Like LGBTQ identities are really hard to handle in Muslim culture and also Middle Eastern culture, which is really patriarchal regardless of religion as well. And it's just like there's a shame attached to it and your relationship with your parents and elders are really important as part of the culture. So you can't really like deny your family and like go like, I'm this, you know, like you want to keep that relationship. So it's just creates a lot of like identity crisis and like, what am I going to do situation? I think that's, that's why probably and for brothers, I was also crying very <laughs> like I still I watched that five times and I still cry each time because it's just it just makes me feel you know like that little hope in the end being reunited with the family I think that's like something that I feel really um, hopeful for as well and yeah probably that's why it's just family is really important but your identity is also important and you have to like in a situation to choose in between them, but you can't really do it. So it's just it was it was very intense. But yeah, I think I would watch <laughs> also watch it many times. <laughs> I mean, it's the same with the other a little different, but you deserve everything, which is more about marriage. Right. And those expectations. Do you see any like parallels between your experience as a QPOC and the Muslim experience? I mean, individually, um, I think, you know, Baze and I have, you know, somewhat similar, but somewhat pretty different, like almost like polar opposite experiences, mm-hmm. almost in terms of the fact of like, I wouldn't want to, like, you know, I have a very, very accepting um, family. However, being a person of color in Boston is far and away, like, challenging, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I would never want to, like, really experience that, what Beza has to go through of, like, literally kind of, like, having to uh, not, like, live, like, this lie, but really having to, like, keep part, this huge part of her life and really is, like, everything about her, like, separate from her feeling because of, cult- like, you know, cultural standards. And um, I think, you know, me specifically, me coming from my specific family is not, like, definitive of the Black community in general, because I do think that being queer is very taboo. 
and I don't think it should be, as much as I don't think it should be, you know, that is really just a fact. So, like, my specific experience is not really, like, a blanket experience, if that makes any sense. But that's why I have put so much time and energy and thoughtfulness into this KPOC program, because this visibility means everything to me. Like, what particular, like, on screen, what visibility to you was the most impactful? Like, was there one movie you saw that you were like, this is so, like, me on screen? Um, I don't know if I thought it was so much me on screen. I did the opening short, um, Ladies' Day, which is the mm-hmm. British, British short, which, you know, it's, it's super fun. It was really light. I really, it resonated with me, like, you know, like the, the Black experience, especially, like, the experience of going to a hair salon and kind of like that it really is almost like going to see a therapist because well black people don't like to go to therapy but i do (laughs) (laughs) you know you really do have a relationship with your hairstylist and it really is a very like intimate relationship that you have it's not just like you go for a cut boom 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 it's a very you know it's a long process you're usually taking something out where there's extensions or braids or whatever it's a very like intimate um experience and you tend to just this person's in your head for six hours, so, like, <laughs> tend to get to know them. So uh, that really resonated with me. Um, the audience favorite from that um, series was Pony Boy, which I remember the first time I saw that film, and I absolutely fell in love. I actually, it was, it's still to this day, probably one of the best shorts that I've ever seen. And I was so thrilled to have it in my program. I can't really relate to the story too much, but I just thought it was honestly such a beautiful depiction of you know, like this non-binary, transgender, like Mexican-American, just, it was just beautiful. Can you give like a quick overview of it for our listeners who haven't seen it? Um, Okay, so Pony Boy, it follows the story of a young, you know, like Mexican-American, I think it takes place like down like Texas or something, yeah, intersects. This character just has multi-layers, multifaceted, and it just really follows this this beautiful story of everyone in the town, like, you know, like, knows who this person is, but is really, like, sought after as far as, like, you know, like, the boyfriend of, like, her pony boy's friend. Pony boy is fucking him. I'm sorry, language. Oh, you're fine. We're good. You're fine. You know, and, like, has, it's really, like, this, like, sought after commodity in this town where obviously they're very very probably right-winged and it's just yeah it just really just follows that like you know the sadness the like the ups and downs the uh, the beauty behind like how amazing this person is but like they're completely taboo it's such a beautiful beautiful short but what i love is it's a queer film festival obviously but i also think that there's something that's really awesome about seeing like specific intentionality placed towards like intersectional identities, you know? Basically, you can be a lesbian uh, and like that's one thing, but it's not enough to just say like, okay, so like cast me in a movie and like I'm also a lesbian, but like that's not gonna be yeah. the representation of you that you're yeah. looking for, you know? Um, and I think same thing for you, Kimia, is like, you know, A, what you're talking about in terms of, like, your specific experience as a queer person of color, but I think something that's also very true for a lot of people, like, you know, non-binary identities or any sort of, like, gender-fluid identity, that's not really as common in a lot of, like, even, you know, especially, like, the the big... Mainstream mainstream queer queer Like, mainstream lesbian films. So I think there's just something really awesome about having really dedicated spaces for, like, being more specific about also other things that that play into what is our identity and like what shapes us and and like frames our stories you know yes it's really interesting you brought that up because like honestly in this past year i think i've kind of like almost 
found somewhat of like an answer to that because like a lot of people like were just like oh there's not really like a lot of like you know non-binary people of color and it's i realized for myself personally because people of color have less of a safe space in this world to even explore those identities like people think i came out late but i was like i had to get comfortable with being a person of color and learn how to navigate this world as a person of color before i could even like touch the surface of my sexual identity or my gender identity mm. yeah that makes a lot of sense are you ready to shop rakuten's big give week is back Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. On that note, so, because I think we have to ask, what was the first time for both of you, or has there been a time that you really saw yourself on screen, I mean, especially for two people for whom film and media is so important, what was the first time that you kind of remember watching something and saying, like, hey, hang on a second, that's me? I don't think I have. So if you haven't, I'm curious, are you a filmmaker or you just are a film lover? Um, I'm a film, I don't know how this happened to me, but I'm just doing it. Like... <laughs> okay. So a film, here I am. I love it. If If you haven't seen it yet, what would a movie about that represented you? Like, what would that character be like? Oh, boy. Yeah, I, like, I don't know. I guess I, I really do have, like, I consider myself to be kind of a unicorn. Um, so maybe it would be a story about, like, an animation film about a unicorn that was, like, wearing <laughs> a blazer and, like, ripped jeans and maybe a bow tie. It is not a movie, but uh, there's a there's a kid's book. <laughs> <laughs> That I, sorry. So I have I have two kids now, and so we're kind of in this huge search for like books, like kids books that are super inclusive and like you know uh, covering a lot of topics. But there's this really awesome book that you should totally check okay. out. It's called Not Quite Narwhal by Jesse Sima. Okay. Sima, I'm not sure how 
how the name is pronounced, but it's called Not Quite Narwhal. It is the cutest thing that I think I've ever seen. We we walked past it in a Barnes and Noble. It's about a unicorn who is raised by narwhals. Let's go all the way back, okay? <laughs> yes, let's go back. Sorry. You're like, okay, really? <laughs> There's a, no, this is why it made me think of it, because it's a it's a unicorn who's raised by narwhals, right? But like doesn't really ever fit in with the narwhals and is sort of like, I'm not a great narwhal. And then swims up to the surface and like swims over to land and then sees all these unicorns playing, right? Yeah. And is like Maybe I'm a land narwhal. Uh, and, <laughs> and like, totally kind of fits in a little bit with the unicorns as well. But what I love about it is it's, like, it's not like the unicorn goes and finds other unicorns and then is like, I'm just a unicorn. It's kind of like, but maybe I'm also a little bit yeah, of narwhal. That's, no, that's, uh, that's, that's right. That's, and no. also a, a land narwhal with the unicorns. But, like, maybe I'm a little bit of both and I don't really have to, like only be one or the other but it's also just it's really cute it's really well illustrated it's has no real bearing on this other than you just said that and it made me think of it and it's really adorable no that sounds like really really actually dead on um but i think you know the original question is a very like you know this existential like huge thing to like really think about and like um yeah you know, I, I'm I, not I very saying much... it's going to fix your representation. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I was like, you know, this, but it is cute this year has been like a very transformative year for me and i'm i, I kind of feel like a like a like a toddler as far as like kind of like figuring out exactly how much like self-awareness I really have about everything about my identity. So. I feel like also we're always like changing mm-hmm. like what that is. Like, so. I look you're cute, at- whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, how about you, Beza? When was one of the first times you feel like you've really seen yourself represented on screen in some way for me like films has always been like ways to um figure out what who i am like i fall in love with julia roberts in early ages in my life watching her films so that was like not seeing myself but like realizing about my feelings (laughs) learning about yourself yeah (laughs) (laughs) learning about myself a big learning experience still to this day i keep my feelings for her as fresh as the first day. It's hard um, to get past those early crushes, you know? Right? No, never. It's not a crush. It's just love. Love, love there you my go. life. <laughs> I think films in that way is like was tool for me to figure out myself. And then I don't know if like a direct representation, but when I came out, I was like watching a lot of lesbian films and movies and I think the L word was like one of the first things that I was like oh yeah I'm learning a co- like my culture it was so bad but we all watched it, was, it. yeah it's yes. so bad like, yes. isn't it so good oh, as well oh god I've seen it but we've yes. all seen it 20 yeah. million times I so know, I know. <laughs> well because even since then there literally has been nothing, nothing yeah. like it like, if we had something else to replace it, like, or to even, like, compare it to, we could be, like, here. That's my point. Yeah. I'm just, like, there is, like, take that minority a couple <laughs> steps further. Like, I don't see it. Yeah, but, like, like even for yeah. myself, yes. like, maybe, like, not a Muslim identity, but, like, coming out in, like, Turkey, in, in Istanbul, Turkey, and, like, not having anything, and then, like, still being able to download those, like, seasons and being able to watch and, like, learn a lot of, like, things I think or like seeing that representation on screen was like one of the first things and then I don't know there were like a couple of Muslim lesbian films but not necessarily representing me but like I can't think straight I think one of those films and then Mm -hmm. in the recent years I think there are like more representation like the 
the TV show, The Bold Type, had a, a Muslim lesbian yeah. character in it. Oh, we are well aware. <laughs> I, I kind of like have the bold ups type. and downs with the character herself, but also I think it's yeah. good. And then um, Signature Move was um, a good movie. I don't know if you have watched it. It was two years ago opening film for the film festival Wicked Queer. And that is like one of really exciting moments for me to see a similar identity. I think if I see a Turkish Muslim lesbian person on screen, that will be like the most close as it gets. But at the same time, I find similar enough identities on screen to feel like, oh, this really represents me and my identity. Um, also, yeah, it's different like parts not of queer cinema, but I don't know if you heard about Rami on Hulu, about this Muslim person of color growing up in the United States and his kind of like relationship with his identity and being a Muslim and person of color in the United States. And there's a funny part in there where he sleeps with another uh, a Muslim woman who's married and then his father figures out and then there's this like huge fight because it's totally not okay but at the end of the conversation his father says at least you are not gay and that's like you know like <laughs> like you're still not doing any like something yeah. that is right and like okay in the religion it's still not like it's sin or like haram or whatever but at least you're not gay go and go to sleep like that's right. really 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 resonates in the culture as well for the film festival moving forward like, what do you want to see next next film festival? Have you already started watching some shorts? Oh, like, yeah, are there, yeah. Is there, you don't have to tell us exactly, but are there some, like, things you're excited about? Just to, like, reiterate, we start, um, we open up submissions in July, the year before. So that's when we start, like, prepping. As far as the shorts programs, it's like, you know, we like to have, like, a couple, like, set in stone, like, women's, men's, international but the rest of them, it really does depend on what kind of submissions we get. Like, if I don't see enough, like, POC, like, good submissions coming in, I'm not going to make a program. I'm not going to stand behind that. We happen to get a ton of queer, you know, these amazing queer Muslim shorts from last year. So we were able to make that program that was wildly successful. It sold out. So was the QPOC program. But it's not because that pool that we're picking from as far as our submissions and the availability of good shorts, these kind of miscellaneous shorts programs are not a guarantee, unfortunately. I hope we continue to get really good QPOC films. We had a, a brand new, another program called Senior Moments for Elders last year, and it was amazing. Mm. It's like, that's not a guarantee. But also that name, though. <laughs> isn't that, isn't that adorable? Love it. It's the best thing ever. Like, that's <laughs> the greatest. Uh, jo- Jojo, our coworker, he is like the king of dad jokes. So he came up with that name. And I was like, that makes sense. Look, we have a podcast so called good. Let's Hang Out, and we... We always say, like, our aesthetic, every episode is, like, a pun or something. Like, we always say our aesthetic is, like, lesbian blues clues. So I am so here for that. (laughs) So here for it. The dad jokes, yeah. Blues clues! (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I have a Uh question for you as you're talking about that. So, number one, are submissions still open? Yeah, so we currently have... 316 submissions but we happen to get more after the new year's i think there's this like berlinel and there are a couple of film festivals and if people can't make it those big ones they happen to like send 
their submissions to us. So now it's like 300, but it's going to be more like more than 500, 600, probably. And we have like, we have a system, how we flag them, green, yellow, red, blah, blah, it goes and leave comments so it's like we're gathering a pool of greens right now and then yellows are like i need someone else to watch and then hopefully we'll get through all of them and i don't understand the flag system five years later (laughs) (laughs) i just say yes or no yeah (laughs) um for for the for the submissions this year i think making the um diverse programming had like kind of like its own fame we're getting a lot of queer muslim submissions this year and also like of course, we're not limited with the submissions. We can always go and like look for other film festivals and like send emails to films if we want to curate them. But because we're not that big of a team and like our time is like we have full time jobs. So like mm-hmm. usually it's it's not really possible for us to like go out and seek more. But with the ones that we got, we I think we will have good programs this year as well. We have we're getting a lot of Asian films this year. A lot of films from Thailand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, we didn't even get to talk about uh, Tomatoes and Eggs. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, actually, that one yeah. wasn't like a... Like, nobody really wanted me to put that in the uh, shorts program. And I was like, I lo- love that film. Like, love. I love... Yeah, I loved it, I'm, too. Like, I'm, that's just really random. Because, like, Katie was like, I hated it. Like, who's our director of programming? And I was just like... Katie and I either see eye to eye or like we don't get along. Um, <laughs> no, Katie's one of my really, I'm actually at her house right now. Uh, <laughs> She's like, I'm right here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, oh, sorry, what did you want to say about tomatoes and eggs, though? I think that there is, we, we've done a whole episode on Saving Face. Yep. Do you know that film? Mm-hmm. And so, like, there's also, I think, very limited, like, Asian LGBTQ yeah. rep. Yeah. But same thing, like, the familial thread mm-hmm. is, like, very strong with that as well. So that Tomatoes and Eggs reminded me a bit of some of the other Muslim shorts. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, I think, a few a few cultural similarities. Obviously, it's not completely yeah. the same. But, yeah, and I just thought it was such a such an interesting story of, like, gay daughter, gay dad, and, like, the way that they interact with each other well i mean like you know especially especially a lot of like asian speaking countries like you know they come from this like collectivist society where like it's just about you know it's it's more about instead of making themselves happy it's like how can i make my family happy and like that kind of trickles Mm -hmm. down um so like from a cultural standpoint i i really get it and it's just like it's really like instead of like making you know living my life authentically it's almost like i need to put my family first and that's i really understand that like i really don't have a lot of like american like Mm -hmm. values or uh, like morals or ethics as far as like american um i think more generally speaking probably like more like a person from like a collective society so like i get it Mm -hmm. i think that that theme i think i mean you you mentioned there, there are differences, but I think it's probably really close to um, Middle Eastern and Muslim culture as well, as far as family goes uh, mm-hmm. and those relationship goes. And like you're representing your family, you're representing your family's honor, especially females. And, you know, it's important to make them happy rather than like you being happy without the family kind mm-hmm. of <laughs> Yeah. And um, I I just remembered one of the submissions that we're getting. We're getting a lot of lesbian documentaries this year from all sorts of different parts of the country about like 
history of different groups, lesbian groups that like gather together in uh, very like Republican or like kind of red uh, states and how they had this like one night that they would get, gather together and that created this whole community there. There are like a couple of documentaries like that. And if it's going to happen, we will do two of those together at mm-hmm. one screening because last year, Dex Camera Action got a lot of attention as well. And it was like one of the screenings. And it was also the screening where I got the person complaining about our name. Mm. <laughs> but so. <laughs> Full circle. Uh, yeah. Full circle. Yeah. I have one other question too. Mm-hmm. You're talking about like the flag system and you're like, oh, some stuff doesn't go through. If we have any filmmakers, which I know we have some people who listen who are, mm-hmm. you know, making lesbian web series or like trying to make low budget content maybe, but how does content set itself apart as a oh, filmmaker? For me, honestly, like I don't care about the quality if the content is there. The story, yeah. I've put like, you know, like next to each other, HD quality films like that are seamless, like next to like really grainy, like I probably was shot like an iPhone. I don't know, like, or it looks like security footage from 7-Eleven, but it's like, <laughs> whatever. Like, but like, it was an amazing But there were concept, lesbians though. in that 7-Eleven. Well, if there were, were lesbians, it's like saying, doing something and saying a story worth telling. That's fine. Yeah. Perfectly fine with me. I agree with Kimmy on that too. And I think like, if the story is really powerful, but like if there's a problem with the sound or something, we always like write back to the filmmaker and say like, can you just fix this? I think on top, if like the acting is bad, you know, like we get like really high quality, yeah, production things. And then the acting is just so bad. You can't even go through it. And it's just like worth of, you know, not worth. But we also do feature like every year a different web series as well. So you kind of like specifically mentioned that. And it's like, so if anybody has a web series out there, contact us because we always choose our favorite web series um, to showcase every year. We have some people we can send your way. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Katie, uh, our programming director, she's most like really interested in web series and she goes out of her way and like out of the submissions and find content online. And uh, we also always, like, we had some queer Muslim or, like, other people writing, and then we give them a code um, to submit their films without having to pay, like, it's $5, but still, like, having to pay that fee and just submit, because it really is, like, what is what is important for the film festival yeah. and for us is just catching those really important, really well-told stories and it just doesn't matter who did it and how they did it, kind of. Queer life in a nutshell. Well, we can't <laughs> wait to see what what you pick for this year. I think it's time for our Q and Gay. Is it? Is it that time? All right, let's do this. Q, 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 Q and, 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 and Gay. So I will start us off with question one. Might be a little bit of a gimme, but have you ever been to an LGBTQ film festival? Yes, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, we plan the whole thing and we don't show up. <laughs> I, I, try not, I try not to. I try not to. <laughs> can't see Kimya on that week, yeah. <laughs> All right, question number two. And you can do a write-in for this as well, but I just have a few um, options. So what's your favorite QPOC film? A, Moonlight, B, Rafiki, C, Bessie, or D, Naza Malik? Rafiki. Moonlight. 
Nice. Did you see Rafiki when it was in Boston? Uh, We got it as a submission. And because it was so popular, we didn't show that. Yeah. Like until it was our film festival, it was like old. That makes sense. I watched it. Uh, in the submissions like screener and I was really excited about it yeah, yeah. it was awesome I saw it when they had um the director oh in yeah, town I missed that one. it was really cool no. okay uh question three now for our counterpoint question what's your favorite queer Muslim film and again write-ins are welcome a out of Iraq b signature move or c Priya signature move signature move yeah really easy I know, right? Those yeah, that was very fast. I don't fast. think I like Out of Iraq. It's a it's a documentary, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, last year they submitted that and I didn't like it. <laughs> didn't program we, it. We won't tell them. It's okay. That's okay. I, don't know, right. I think I was high when I watched it. And I was really paranoid, so. <laughs> so I don't recommend. Debatable. <laughs> yeah. Question number four: Have you ever been an undercover queer ladies day oh yes 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 ladies day when she's undercover queer in the hair salon there's a lot of undercover queers in all these shorts i mean probably (laughs) yes a big yes (laughs) from my side (laughs) hey roomie (laughs) what's up (laughs) yeah i i had many girlfriends come into my parents house and they were all my friends yep there you go (laughs) Yes, just gals being pals. We know how that goes. Question five. So this is in relation to the show Candace. Candace, about two childhood friends going to college, one of them in love with the other one. So were you ever in love with a childhood best friend? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> of yep. course. Of course. For years. <laughs> like, like. Were you or still are? I, I feel like it sounds like we could do a whole separate podcast episode just on those stories, right? <laughs> yeah. No, I, just, I actually, I had my mom dying the other day because I was like, mom, I was like, <laughs> that whole time, like, like middle school and high school, you were like, no boy sleeping over. And I was like, that whole time I played the hell out of you with like all my girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, she was like, yeah, it's Christmas Day again. I'm like, week, one week straight, like... <laughs> Oh, my, oh God. my God, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no dude staying over. I don't want him to stay over either. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. Just following the rules, that's all. I had the longest platonic relationship with my straight um, high school best friend. So, yep. yeah. Very relatable. <laughs> We've been there. It's fine. Uh, Ellie took hers to prom, so don't even worry about it. Yeah. Wow. Twice. That's amazing. As yeah. friends. Yeah. And we held hands the whole time as friends. Wait, how old are you guys? <laughs> um, I'm 27. Right. I'm 32. I actually was at prom last year. No. <laughs> I know I do look young, though. So sometimes people are like, wait, what? <laughs> and I look like I am going to prom next year. So yes. it's fine. Yeah. 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 It's good. With two children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Teen I'll mom. Take, I'll take the babies to prom. It'll be Teen lesbian great mom. Teen lesbian mom. <laughs> I, would, I would favorite. watch that show. I'd watch that show. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know, like, was it planned? Like, it, it's like a teen lesbian mom pact? Because, like, you have to plan it. Yeah, yeah right. It's There's no accident. That would be very interesting. All right, that submitting to next year's right. Wicked Queer <laughs> yeah, Teen okay. Lesbian Moms. And on that note, remember you can give us your own answers to this episode's Q&A questions on our Twitter at Les Hangout Pod. And speaking of 
Twitter, where can our listeners find you both? Where can they find Wicked Queer Film Festival? Drop all the hot social media handles on <laughs> If us. you'd rather people not follow you, that's okay, too. <laughs> you Beza, can Beza, find you Kimya. <laughs> drop yeah, the news, I'll, I'll, drop tell, the news. I'll tell them everything. You can find Kimya by coming to film festival. They don't have social media. No social media. Um, because they That's can't handle probably it. Probably so much or healthier. Social, they, they're too good for social media. There you they, go. They, well, they're just... nobody, nobody, nobody said that. I just I, like social media. Like there's no trigger warning, and yeah. I have anxiety, and like I just I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. That is 100% valid. Yeah. So yeah, they can they uh, people can find Kimya at the Queer People of Color Shorts uh, program. Beza, Beza can forward it to me. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. We'll send a, a uh, dove out in the skies to search for you with messages. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike Kimya, I'm super easy to find. There are not many Bezas in Boston. Beza Burchak, there's like no brainer everywhere. For Wicked Queer, it's Wicked Queer. So if people Google or search Wicked Queer on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, we're all on there. If they would like to subscribe to our newsletter, they can go to wickedqueer.org and subscribe for the newsletter. We don't really uh, send too many emails, but around the film festival, we send one a day. So You can email me directly at kimmy at wickedqueer.org. I do also want to like shamelessly plug my new film festival, Melanin Pride Film Festival, which is going to take place from October uh, 9th to 11th every single year. So next year, um, exact same time. It's going to be focusing on QPOC, specifically non-binary. It's, I partnered it with uh, Shania from Lux Collective in Boston, uh, the Lesbians of Color Symposium. It is amazing and it's giving visibility to the underrepresented it. Come out and see it. That's awesome. And Wicked Queer is coming up in just a couple months. Can you give our listeners a little bit of information about when that's happening this year and how they can be involved? Wicked Queer's uh, 36th year this year uh, will happen starting from April 2nd till April 12th. Um, Our opening night is going to be on April 2nd. Uh, It's a Thursday and Film Festival goes 10 days uh, at MFA, Brado Theater, and Paramoth in downtown. We're also always open to like different menus, so we might have a different menu for this year, but uh, for now, those are the three menus that we have. We will have events going towards. We have a brunch two weeks before the film festival starts to just give it like a preview of the film festival and things that are coming up in there and to get together with our audience. And then we have kind of like weekend gatherings to talk about films and different things. So yeah. Yes. It's not just a weekend. It is all day, every day. Last year we did 169 films in 12 days. If you have got a day off in the middle of the week, like if it's during that block of time, there's going to be plenty of films to come see. So come on out. Yeah. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. This has been awesome. Yeah. Yay! Thank Yay. you, guys. This was fun. Let me hear you say hip, 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 hip. We love hearing from you and building our community, so we want to shout out some of our favorite things each episode. I would like to personally shout out this incredible life coach on Instagram who came to our Denver Trivia Night and DM'd us saying they made a lot of new friends. And they all made plans to snowshoe together, 
which is the most Denver thing they could ever do. It really is. But I'm just happy that we can get some queer folks together to go snowshoeing. <laughs> so I hope you have a wonderful time and send us pics. Yes. Oh, my God. Please. We also wanted to shout out listener Daryl, who emailed us a video so inspired by our Cadet Kelly episode, emailed us a video of Christy Carlson Romano watching herself back in Cadet Kelly, which was just... Perfect. Amazing. You should check it out. We also would like to thank our Lesbian Jesus patrons, Lizette Stye, Tanya Ferguson, Jess Klaus, Danny Griswold, Sarah and Julia, Carrie Ann Lawrence, Mark Foster, Danny Gunlock-Tamora, Sammy Walsh, Audrey O'Connor, Wendy K. Bartlett, and Brittany Ray. And as always, we have to thank our faves, King Princess patrons, Kayla Kelly, and Amy and Ellen. I actually just went to a King Princess concert Amazing. last weekend. So I'm feeling <laughs> a lot of King Princess love. Remember, you can also find us on all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Les Hangout Pod. You can send us an email at leshangoutpod at gmail.com. Or check out our website at leshangoutpod.com. Whatever app you use to listen to podcasts, make sure that you subscribe and that way you'll get new episodes as soon as they go up. We're also posting videos on our YouTube channel, so make sure you subscribe at youtube.com slash leshangoutpod to catch them. If you want to help support the podcast, there are so many ways that you can do that. You can rate and review us on iTunes. A, we love reading the reviews, and B, it helps new people find the podcast. Or if you want to help support us financially so we can do all of the amazing queer gay things that we do, like travel to L.A. or Toronto to come see you live. You can do that at bit.ly slash Patreon. You get a bunch of perks like watch parties, drinking game rules, and just hanging out with us online. So we would love to see you there. Bit.ly slash Patreon. You can also get some Les Hangout swag. We've got so many designs. We try to have new ones coming out, and you can check all of those out. Get them on shirts, get them on hoodies, get them on mugs, get them on all sorts of cool stuff. You can find them at bit.ly slash lesshop. And just another reminder that we do have two live shows coming up, so make sure you get your tickets to our live shows, one in LA and one in Toronto. We would love to see you all there. If you want to follow us individually, the best place to find me is on Instagram and Twitter at LSH Foster. And the best place to find me is at Ellie Brigida on Instagram and Twitter. With that, I'm Ellie. And I'm Lee. And, and let's, let's hang, hang out, out again, again soon. soon. Let's hang out. out.